Hey guys, welcome to episode 213 of the podcast. I have more or less come to an end of the Boys of Summer series. I say that because um, there might be like a little bonus here or there. Um, some files that are have begun to record but are unfinished. It sounds so much more mysterious than it is, but... Uh, Listen, if I can create a little mystery in your lives, I'm very happy. Uh, I wanted to give a couple shout-outs. I want to uh, thank, first of all, all the people uh, at the San Francisco Comic-Con who came. What a blast that was. Uh, all the new faces that I met. And uh, I want to give a special shout-out to Ashley, who apparently I was supposed to shout-out uh, some time ago and didn't. I mean, listen, that's horrifying. So, Ashley, um, great seeing you again in person. Uh, the Stand Against Evil card that I had that I was able to give out and autograph and stuff at the con was designed for me by a uh, loyal listener and friend Joseph, who uh, is also responsible for that fantastic poster of the Toot and Scoot, as well as any number of awesome T-shirts, and he's just fantastic. So, thank you so much, Joseph, um, for that. And then, Angela, I want to thank you for your email. And I'll get to some more shout-outs uh, as soon as I can, but um, I'm actually out on a rare sunset bike ride, and uh, I realized I hadn't recorded an intro, and I want to send it to Katie so she can get on with her life. So uh, that's it for now, and I hope that you enjoy this episode with Mary Roach. She is one of my heroes. She's wonderful. Meeting her only made me love her even more than I already did. So I know you're going to love this return to the ladies after the boys of summer with a wonderful, marvelous, and amazing Mary Roach. Now entering Nerdist.com. Yeah, you, you definitely you've done a TED talk. I did a TED talk. Yeah. Have you done more than one? <coughs> I feel no, like they would just no. ask you to do just, one every time you have um, a book. No, just one because it was so uh, kind of stressful to uh-huh. sort of like because I I sort of randomly well not randomly but just said well yeah orgasm sure I could do something on that because yeah because it, it came from the one of the people coming to see Bonk oh sure 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 so uh so she, so she said would you like to do a TED talk yeah, and you're like sure, thanks for yeah, picking that yeah, one yeah. The, the one that's potentially okay. the most embarrassing so, for me yeah personally. well yeah I could do 10 things about orgasm that you don't know and so that was the, the, uh, that's what happened and then you know a few months out I realized I'm gonna do this TED talk is <laughs> these are sort of like game changers big ideas <sighs> right right you know, and I'm I'm going to be sort of this scrappy weirdo talking about it's just really weird shit. Anyway, right. so right. I did one, and it, it was uh, it was really fun. But I, I I don't need to do it. I mean, I would do understood. One. I would, but anyway. did you that? It does have the sort of. I mean, I'm I definitely am a fan of the concept, and and I've sort I, I feel like I've listened to them more than I've seen them because. Yeah, for whatever reason that I mean, I'm glad they have the TED Talks podcast where they sort of show them. curate. I just curate three different ones, and you'll get excerpts, and then you'll hear some actual mm. interviews with the people who were giving the TED right. Talks. Because there is this sort of, for me, it's sometimes it's hard to get past this kind of. I can't. I'm blanking on his name, but the sort of like um, 
life improvement seminar kind of vibe Stephen to Covey. It. Yeah, like yeah, a yeah. Stephen Covey type thing where <laughs> no. it's like, you all have the power yeah. in your hands to yeah. change your life. Like there is or that. The, that or the, um, remember Tom Cruise in Magnolia? Exactly. Yeah, that, that gross character, guy. Yeah, that character right. who's, who's like, pacing. why Why are you sitting at home? Why are you? So <laughs> yeah, so the, there is that kind of, sometimes when I'm watching them, yeah. I become hyper aware of that. And that's why I think I like the audio version. Did you have, I mean, had you done a lot of public speaking in that way? And was it this sort of huge scene? of people or it is the huge CPU. Yeah. no i had done um well you know re- relating to book talks yeah. I, I do a talk but it's just it's it's not planned it's not 18 minutes i mean there's not the clock ticking down which Ted really has clock. There's a clock oh, it's like a mission it's impossible so where where like it's ticking down it's yeah. about to explode so you, yeah you look, and then <laughs> you look over and you, of course you've gone over by three right. or four minutes and then you have to in your head figure what you're going to take out because chris anderson will come on and like literally pull you off the stage wonderful you over your 18 <laughs> they don't have an orchestra like at the oscars that no, suddenly that swells, swells the music yeah. yeah exactly no no it's uh so uh, um yeah, I was, uh, I wouldn't like, I had my little note cards in my hand, even though I didn't look at them because I was sure I was going to just yeah. have that experience that you have in dreams where you walk out and you're like, I don't know what, I have no idea what to say. And you, all Absolutely. you people are here. Absolutely. So, um, and they're, they're clicker. This was the thing that was, I mean, you don't see this in the TED Talk that's online because they've cleaned it up. Right. But they had a slide clicker with a delay. Like oh. you click it and then three seconds uh-huh. goes by which makes you think oh it didn't click so you of click course. it twice oh, and then it suddenly no. your slides advanced like yes, three yes and mine were sort of like a punchline to what i was oh, saying so yeah. um in my mind it was sort of a total disaster but you don't see that. it went fine it but you don't see yeah they, yeah you don't see that anyway yeah. yeah well that's 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 a whole other piece to what you're doing if you're not just giving some talk that you're like, and then in this photo, you'll see that in, you know, this is the uh, Venn diagram of blah, blah, blah. <laughs> if it actually has, a, a, there's, if there's a real attachment to timing and comedy, then then you're right. extra in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Did you, but that's, that's something that feels like it could be an issue every time they reach out to an author. Is it, it you, not necessarily, with you and the tone of your books, I'm sure they felt more confident, but... I can imagine someone saying, you know, listen, I became an author because I have crippling social anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not something that I want to go out and think, present to a crowd, you I know? think you can't have crippling social anxiety anymore. The whole uh, the whole caricature of the author is somebody who sits alone in a room with a computer yeah. and an imagination. Yeah. You know, for fiction anyway. And an I don't aggressive that... agent who's always looking for pages. <laughs> yeah. You got any new pages yeah. for yeah. me to look at? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That I think that that you sort of can't be that anymore. You're you have to be. Although because there's social media, you can be a huge hit on social media, right. and nobody will ever need see you. I suppose you don't have to get in front of a crowd. Right, right. But there definitely was a period of time where you you had to be a, a speak in front of a crowd person. Yeah, yeah. Do you, you feel- can't get up and read? Right. They still call it a reading. Right, oh, right. I, 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 I'm coming I'm just to read, yeah. reading. Yeah. I'm like, I, my I'll, just, I'll just be buried in this. Yeah. Um, read this I did alone. see a read. You know who I saw do? Uh, um, David Foster Wallace. Oh yeah, the first time I ever saw him. First, the yeah, first time was at this bookstore in the Hate, and he literally got up there and read. That's what he did. He read. Yeah. He paused. He would drink water, and he made one small joke about saliva issues. Uh-huh. And he just read. He was so uncomfortable, and then mm. he walked away. And mm. the bookstore owner was like, "Mr. Foster Wallace." <laughs> We were hoping you would take some questions. I mean, it was such a, it was, you could just see that he's like, I'm a, I, I'm this an, I'm a, I write. Yeah. I, why do I, why, why are you making me do this? Yeah. 
Did he do a signing afterwards? Because that's also a whole other thing where you have that sort of personal moment. Yes, like a hundred little mini intimate conversations. Yeah. 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 Um, When you do that, do you feel, I mean, I do that, these, the listeners to my podcast know that I do that for uh, a cartoon, primarily a cartoon that I was on that there's this whole other world of obsession with voiceover actors, which has been very kind and wonderful to me because it's a show I was very proud of and... There's a lot of it, it's not as it's not a goofball show. So people come up and have real stories about yeah. like this helped get me through this, etc. But that's uh, those snapshot moments. That's a whole other thing. And that is something that yeah. I think authors have experienced earlier than a lot of mm-hmm. other people other than like, you know, Gene Roddenberry and like, you know, yeah, yeah, and sort yeah. of a William Shatner who were doing these early cons. Now there are these comic cons where whatever thing you're into, right. whatever you're a nerd for, you can show up and meet somebody who's attached to this thing you love. And, and that feeling of like, I want to get, it's almost the end of the Ted talk. It's like, I want to get all this out. I, I don't, you, you don't know me. I love you. Yeah. Thank you for your <laughs> autograph. Like, the, do you have those, those experiences? Well, you, you have that, uh, for me, there's always that tension of, okay, there's, a, there's like 50 or hundred people or whatever, waiting in line and you want to spend at least a minute some, and sometimes people have a lot to say yeah. with them you don't want to cut them off but then you see this line and it doesn't appear to be moving right. at all for That's about right. 40 minutes which seems like a physical impossibility but right. somehow you look up and it's there and yep. it's never shrinking so you so you're trying you know you want to kind of get through it but then and then the longer they've waited the more you guilt want to you feel the more time. you want to spend time with them i know it becomes this sort of and then, math problem that can't be solved it's like and then i was there for seven hours i'm not sure how that happens there must be some algorithm for like how long they've waited the size of your guilt that's right. and how much time you're going to spend uh, with them and it's all going on in your that's head right. and there's also this pressure because there were to write some perfect little pithy original thing that's different for every single person I had a certain point I just had to decide I'm the unimaginative loser who's going to write. There's like two or three things that yeah. I kind of like alternate and hope that they Same. didn't read the inscriptions on the the previous three books because then they'd say, oh, she's starting the cycle over now. <laughs> <laughs> I completely understand. It's hard. It's and 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 to there's I have a slight envy towards somebody who just seems to be able to turn that part of their brain off and kind of can connect with like it's enough that I'm here or it's enough that this right. instead of kind of extending it out to, well, yeah. God, I know I feel like I should have, you know, but I, you know, the other thing is that's, that's the part of book tour that I love. I love, I mean, to meet people who actually read and like yeah. your book enough to stand in line for 45 minutes yeah. is an unbelievable thing. I mean, you can't, when you're, when you're, just thinking that oh writing books that would be and having a book be successful and having a, a book talk that'd be really cool yeah like you can't I, i'll never reach the point where i'm like ah the fucking signing line <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it's like it's such an it's such an honor i mean that's essentially dopey but it says it's like this it's such honor an honor i could agree I just more. is so and probably turns you into an egomaniac because it's like like people just coming up to you saying how great you are over and over right right <laughs> it's like a really probably not healthy well thing because you know like yeah. it's like it's all about me you know? well but don't you feel because that's something i've kind of combated too and especially people who don't understand who haven't done that kind of thing i i don't know if this was something i was trying to convince myself of but the one of the last ones i walked away from i thought you know 
weirdly, and because people have personal experience they want to share, and because I want to have that connection with each person and pay that attention, sometimes people are like, but isn't it weird feeling like you just spend a whole day being told how great you are? I don't know. Again, I could be trying to fool myself, but I, I, I said, you know what? I kind of feel like I don't have any time to think about myself at all. Like I don't, that's yeah. not the focus. The focus isn't, I'm just soaking this in right, because you right. are, there's so much output going right, out. Right, right. That's right. Um, yeah. That, that I don't end up feeling, I don't walk away. Yeah. The things that stick with me, and this is classic everyone, is when someone waits in line and gets up to me and says, now listen, I don't know who you are. I've never heard of you. My friend, for some reason, likes your show. I said I would wait for an hour for your autograph. Those are the ones I walk away from going, they figured it out. I'm, I'm nothing. I, I'm, they, they, they understand that it's absolutely not worth waiting. It's, this is so stupid. Why am I here? You know, those are the things you carry. It's true. What is wrong with the human brain? It's so weird. The, yeah, the one, here's one I remember. Okay, I was in Salt Lake City, which is a there was a really great audience yeah. in Salt Lake City. They weren't, I don't think there was a single Mormon there. Not that there's anything wrong with Mormons. Yeah. But, uh, but anyways, it's great. Well, now I wonder what book you were there for. If bonk. It was, uh, yeah, it was I was going to say, I was going to say, <laughs> well, I, be, I have a guess of why there are no Mormons at this particular one if it was yeah, Bonk. exactly. So it was Bonk. And for Bonk, I, I like to do a little, I do this little stupid giveaway. No, it's not stupid, but it's a little, it's like a, it's some way thematic, thematically tied to the book. And this was a little travel toothbrush because there were, Alfred Kinsey likes to stick a toothbrush up his urethra. Uh, there are like three, to- sorry, three toothbrush things in the uh-huh, book. Uh-huh. You don't need to get into all of them. But um, so I had these little t- travel toothbrushes printed that said, bonk, keep your cavities filled. So anyway, I was That's handing great. them out and I thought they're really clever. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty clever, and you know, only cost me about a buck each, so that's only fifty percent of my royalty. There right you there. go. So I'm handing them out, and this one guy um, looks at it and he puts it back down, and he goes, "I'll just throw it away." And I was like, "But doesn't everybody need a travel toothbrush? And look, it's like a bright <laughs> color." You're and selling I him like, on this nice thing you're doing. He goes, "I'll just throw it away." Uh, so that one stayed with me. Well, and that's the, the that's the I think the danger with so- social media too is right. The I love so much that accessibility on so many levels, but there is something so different about what you're doing now versus you know. And then I and I actually want to pigeonhole this into a question for you about whether you have met any of your heroes or whether as a young person you stood in a line to meet someone. But when I think about I don't like I've never been a person who is that invasive in that way, but I don't know how I would have behaved if I had Twitter access to get ready for it, everybody. Ray Bradbury, as you know, I am so obsessed <laughs> still with Ray Bradbury, but I, I waited in a Ray line Bradbury. to meet him and I, yeah. you know, got a signing and I started, I, I mean, this was a 19 year old me started crying because there's sort of a familial relationship that my mom wrote to him when she was in high school and he wrote her a beautiful letter back. And so my dad has taught him in his English classes. And so it was this momentous occasion. And I just don't know what it would have been like if it was like, like, imagine if I had waited in that line. And then I was like, Ray, why didn't you tweet me back when I tweeted you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is a sort of sense of entitlement is gets gets hard too for those same reasons where you right. want to spend that time with each person right have you experienced that where you sort of feel like you're too available because you're on social media is there ever a moment where you think gosh i kind of wonder what it would have been like if this just wasn't a thing and and i was just doing the in-person and receiving letters from people instead of the these little bite-sized moments it's been that that thing about you know the 
frog that they lower into the pot a little bit at a time. Yes. You know, it's kind of, I just remember initially feeling like, well, I, God, I have to do so, you know, just resisting altogether, just thinking, oh, I'm not going to do that. Right. I'm not going to do that. Right. I, because I used to have my email address on my website and I would reply to everybody who wrote to me. I, I, really, everyone. Yeah. And I was like, isn't that more, isn't, doesn't that seem more personal? And isn't that enough? And, yeah. and the publicist, uh, they had hired a social media publicist and he's like, no, that's not, that's actually a really small number of people compared right. to what you could reach with Twitter. I was like, yeah, but this is person, this is, so I felt like I was sort of giving more by giving individual little nuggets yeah. to people yeah. and I was like and each one of those people will go out and tell 10 people <laughs> you know, and I was sort of working out the math exponentially I've read How the this tipping way. point and I am pretty sure that, that those people is, writing yeah. me are all connectors and therefore I don't have to do Twitter that's right that's right uh, but um but you know I, I like Twitter because I don't I don't get that you know I don't get that sense that people have an expectation that that you will necessarily respond so that if you do respond they're like oh that's a good point that's kind of cool that's a good point it sets up a different relationship than emailing someone yeah they have the same idea about what email means as you do you know exactly i think they they know that stuff kind of cycles through and you have if you happen to be there at the time you'll reply which i do if i if i see one and i think of reply i'll you know, I'll, I'll, at the very least, I'll put the little little heart thing, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't get the sense that people are like, hey, they're just they tweet geez, you and then they're, they're just like sitting sit at their, there. At the I called in sick from work because I <laughs> yeah. wanted to make sure I was here when you tweeted me back. Exactly. Did you yeah. have you met? Did you meet any? Did you have people that were you know you mentioned we both were talking about our mutual adoration of Susan Orlean and did you have uh, as a young person like as a teenager were you? Um, passionate about certain authors or musicians to the point where, given the opportunity, you would I, have kind of. Um, I had a thing for Alice Cooper when I was Amazing. in like seventh grade. Amazing, <laughs> which is really doesn't make a lot of sense because I wasn't. I wasn't like I never went to a concert, and I never sort of probably would have gone to a concert. Uh-huh. I really wasn't into the. Uh, I mean, it, it sounds like I would have been uh, into him because of the um, dead babies and, and snakes and rats. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that I wasn't that kind of kid. Yeah. You know, I wasn't um, I don't really I have no clue why I liked Alice Cooper. I have oh, absolutely no idea. And I also liked Clint Eastwood. I, I would I watched sure. The Good, The Bad and The Ugly a million times and all the other spaghetti westerns. That was that it was that period of Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Uh, and I so and I actually wrote him. Oh, you did. I wrote you him did. a letter. Yeah. What did it say? Do you remember? I don't remember all it, but I do remember because I I read. Um, I had a p- subscription to People Magazine Wonderful. back when People Magazine was actually a mix of celebrities. It's still and very some, relevant. No, yes, it relevant. Is. That's not a word. <laughs> it's 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 uh, it's very relevant. Uh, it's, revelatory uh, and relevant. Yeah, it's revelatory. Yeah. It'll it's life changing. Yeah. So. Um, and I read that he had a restaurant called the Hog's Breath Inn in Carmel, where I guess sure. he was mayor. Sure. Uh, I don't know if he was mayor. Anyway, but I thought I said something about, I liked the name, and I like the name of your restaurant. Yeah, personalize it. Give him a little uh, wink towards yeah. something that's not showbiz related. Yeah, yeah. Just like we have a connection. That's right. Yeah. That's like, right. Yeah. Did so you hear about It's not about your movies. It's, yeah. You know, something that... This is about Hog's Breath. Nobody ever talks about the name of your restaurant. So, yeah, I remember, like, putting it in the mailbox and feeling a little weird. Like, that was weird. That was a weird... Yeah. That was kind of losery. <laughs> well, it's hard... To, it's hard because you want to meet... I always felt like I, 
I wanted to meet someone on the on not on, not that I would ever assume I was on the same level as a as a Clint Eastwood or Ray Bradbury, but I think there was this sort of sense of, well, I'm, I mean, my universe does revolve around me, so yeah, <laughs> I yeah. want somehow to to meet you on a level yeah. where that is meaningful and and that it doesn't get lost in the shuffle and feel yeah, like yeah. it's just disappearing in this ocean of, you know, yeah. What was in I, there was this moment. When I first started writing um, freelance, I did a couple of uh, book reviews for the San Francisco Chronicle, and I reviewed um, Paul Theroux, one of Paul Theroux's books. I really liked Paul Theroux's travel writing. Yeah. You know, it was, it was maybe the South America. No, it was later than that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> and I wrote this for the, the San Francisco, this review for the San Francisco Chronicle, and then I went to see him at Herbst Theater, and... There was a long line, and I wanted, I, I didn't end up waiting in line, but I wanted to because I wanted to s- say to him, Oh, I did the review in the Chronicle. And, but part of me even then thought, It's possible he didn't read that. But it's, you know, but now, I, you know, now when I, when so, sometimes somebody will say, Oh, I wrote the review in the, you know, St. Louis Post Dispatch or whatever. And, and I, like, I, I, I don't read my reviews. Yeah. I just, for several reasons. Gosh, I, I, I try to stay away from yeah, that as much as possible. Yeah, but 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 I but but now, but I re, I just have this me- memory of just thinking, well, yeah, that well, that's surely, how I'll yeah, stand well, out. That's, that's how, how I'll, yeah, exactly. Totally. And then you'll go, oh, you wrote that review. Thank you so much. It was a lovely review. Yeah. It was so lovely of you and quite well written. Have you thought of <laughs> writing books? In fact, there was a sentence I think I might use on uh, the back of my book cover, the next book. Uh, yeah. Did yeah, you feel yeah. as as a writer yourself? Did you have that relationship? that I think some people have a curiosity about with with being a critic of uh, something rather than creating the thing. Um, did you have that relationship to it where you thought, oh gosh, now the pressure is on me to dissect something that I didn't create. Oh, yes. And so now I'm the voice of, well, this is why it's good or not good. It's fair. I think that the, the, pro- the book reviewing thing is very odd because you... Well, for me, there's a period of time where after I've finished a book and, and it hasn't come out yet and I have the time to be doing things like reviewing books and I make myself available for that. But partly I, partly you do that, I think, because when a book review editor writes to you and if you say, no, I don't have time to do any book reviews and like you're setting yours, they're going to go, oh, that Mary Roach bitch, let's give her book to somebody who will oh, hate it. Politics. Yeah. So the, but, and I don't, I don't know if that's, yeah, there's no. I have no evidence that that's the case, but there's a part of you who's like, oh, I better do this book review. But that, but I I, uh, I always pray that it's a book that I'll like because I, I really, really hate writing a, a review of a book that I don't like. I yeah. tried, I did one, I mean, most, most of the time it's a book that, I, that I've liked and, that, and I enjoy writing a good review because, you know, you know how good that it, it feels to get one. Yeah. But I, uh, there was well, one. Well, surely you must be in a place now in your career where if someone had sent you something that you didn't care for, you could just say, I'm maybe not, I took a look at it and I'm maybe not the best person to write yeah, a review. Yeah, but or... you know, there is a certain amount of pressure to do it to, yeah. because they, they, they want some negative reviews Ugh. and it's hard to get them. That so is rough. I, there was the, the first one I did. I went so far out of my way. I mean, it was a terrible. It really, it wasn't a good book. It really wasn't. Yeah. But but it was about. I mean, he was obviously a good person. It was and it had to do with mental health and and you know he was a a giving, caring person. Just perhaps someone who shouldn't have written a book. Uh-huh. But uh, but I went so far 
uh, out of my way. You know, if I said something negative, I kind of go, but that said, you know, I gave him a reason. So perhaps this is the reason. And, you know, and I do that with, with that's very teachery of you, right? It's very sort of like, listen, I want you to continue on this path. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be very gentle. And it was so it was to the extent that he, he wrote to me and thanked me for the Aww. review, like not actually yeah. didn't notice that it was a bad review. Well, that's very, <laughs> very clever of you nestling it right in there. All the negative. Yeah, yeah. That said, yeah, good work. You um, did you write a lot as a as a as a young person? Were you um, and, and if so, were you writing like little fictional stories? Did you have a very vibrant uh, imagination? In that I, way? I wrote uh, early, early on, like we're talking like third grade or f- no, fifth grade, fifth grade. They, they were um, maybe fourth or fifth. They were <laughs> drawn with, there were some words, but they were drawn. One of them was, um, um, wait. The Book of Penguins, but I misspelled penguin, so it says The Book of Peguins. <laughs> Listen, you picked a very sophisticated word for a fifth grader. There's a lot of weird vowels floating around in there. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I also misspelled on my report about Egypt. Um, I spelled it E-Y, wait, how do you spell it? E-G-Y. E-G-Y. I, I spelled P-T. it E-Y-G-P-T. And sure. somebody actually said to me, uh, actually, it's E-G. And I said, that would be Egypt. <laughs> so I was such a little know-it-all brat that I tried to humiliate the person uh, cre- who was correct. I'm pretty sure, sure I know how to write the thing I wrote a report on. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you very much, but yeah. I didn't. Yeah. 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 So um, I, the penguins was, because I, I figured I had this little way of drawing a penguin, kind of <laughs> like a piece of paisley like a bit of paisley and then i put the mm-hmm. beak at the top oh sure and the, paisley. You know, wow, paisley. Well yeah done. so and uh, so the penguin was doing going to the supermarket you know doing oh things. i see so, so the, the penguin, so the penguin was not necessary yeah. it was not necessarily about the true science no it was nonfiction. i hadn't come to nonfiction yet this understood. was fiction understood was, yes mm-hmm. yeah so then there so there, there were books like that you know, wonderful little but that's about it and then that was that was it and I then in high school, did you did you go to high school in New Hampshire? I did, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Wait, I want to, yeah. I guess I should put it in some geographical uh, context. Did you? Um, that's sort of a. I'm from Arizona. That is a fairly geographically large state. Uh, being from the Western United States, every state feels big. New Hampshire is one of those. I mean, it has a lot of political significance, obviously. But did you have that kind of East Coast, that sort of North? east coast experience of like listen i can hop on a train i'm here 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 did you feel like because i feel like my world was sort of arizona california and then later on my dad writes ghost town and mining camp sort of history books so i got to know the rest of the western united states but at the time it was like tucson it feels like forever to get anywhere else right versus this kind of east coast feeling where i i almost equate it with more of a european sensibility which is like oh yeah no i have an awareness that there's a lot of speckling across this small space of like different people and different lifestyles weirdly we never went anywhere okay my my dad was an assistant professor he because he didn't have a phd he never he was never full professor so he he was paid shit that's probably why he was able to keep his job probably some, yes some PhD. my mom was a phd and they were like oh we're gonna let you go for someone that we can pay less yes yeah. yes he's my dad was the reason your mom didn't have a job oh, yeah. wonderful there's so, a there long-term war between us now. <laughs> so 
So, and my mom was a secretary. So we, this other was, so when we went on vacation, it would be an hour's drive to the polar caves. Okay. Okay. Or Benson's Animal Farm, which is one of those Both really of run sound. down. Oh, no. Has a few deer. Mangy. Some, yes. <laughs> really sad, oh. horrible. What are the polar caves? The polar caves is just, um, a, they're, barely even caves you go through you, you my brother and i went back years later thinking like what were the freaking <laughs> polar caves and we went on this road trip we found them and they and they're still there there's this thing where you there's the lemon squeezer and the orange crush it's a trail through some rocks and then there's <laughs> one point where you climb up and over and if you're if you're really fat you're not going through the lemon squeeze but you can go the the, the other way for the fat people uh-huh. or the I don't know, people who don't climb rocks as easily. Right, right. The Orange Crush, which is really basically just stepping <laughs> a few inches higher. How over evil that they sound, maybe like roller coasters. Like there's something in store for a curious child that's yeah, going to yeah. be really exciting. Oh, and, it's squee- like, and it's just... Oh, I, I see. It's a tight space. It's a tight space. Yep, yeah. Exactly. And I think that you got a little button at the end that said, I survived the lemon squeeze or something. It's one of those places where you went out to, to the parking lot and they had wired something to the bumper of your car because back then bumpers yeah you didn't stick stuff on it was it was actually wired uh-huh. to the car which piss off my dad uh-huh. uh yeah because that he, is that's a very uh presumptive is, kind yeah, of yeah. yeah 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 i can well you can you'll want up. this you'll, yeah you'll want to drive around right. saying i'm such a loser that when i go on vacation <laughs> i take my family to the polar caves because we can't afford to go oh. to europe or even tucson yeah well yeah so. i mean Tucson, you know what? Tucson has a lot of wondrous things. I've, it's very I'll pretty. Stand by it. That desert museum is very lovely. Oh, I love the desert museum. I the Sonora Desert Museum, it's right? It's very special. It is. My dad's favorite anecdote about that, and I, if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, I need to get some new material, but his <laughs> favorite thing to talk about is like some big national sort of geographic magazine type thing did a, did a, a survey of the five top zoos in America um, and the question that they posed to the to you know the director or the zookeeper the animal curator was if you could work at one other zoo that's not your own of these five what would you pick and uh predictably every other zoo uh person picked the san diego zoo because it's right it's kind of the very best and then the san diego zoo picked the arizona sonora desert museum cool that's, a real that's point pride. very cool it's a real point of no pride. it's i don't i i i, I really i the light is always beautiful, and mm-hmm. the, I just—it's just gorgeous. It's a very peaceful kind of. I don't know. Nice? I really remember it. It feels—it's that feels very Tucson to me. That's—I think that's the kind of relationship that Tucsonans have to the city and the surrounding area, which is right. let's be really shitty about Phoenix. Yeah, and say you know that Phoenix doesn't have the same kind of like respect for cultural uh, and and natural habitat that we do no, and right, all of that right. kind of stuff. Do you, they're so different, Phoenix and Tucson. They're very. I was very reporting different. a story in Tucson, and and I, I stayed an an extra day or half day to to go to the Sonora Desert Museum. But it, yeah, it does it's such a different feel than Phoenix. And I think I was in Scottsdale. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's rough. <laughs> it's rough. Um, you worked at a zoo. Is that I right? I did. I worked at the, San, worked Francisco at the San Francisco Zoo. zoo. Yeah. Uh-huh. How, what do you feel about zoos now? Do you get pulled into the sort of are zoos good or bad uh, conversation that Well, the San Francisco around? Zoo at that time was um, one of the worst in the country. I feel like I, even when I went there yeah. almost 20 years ago, I was, it, I want to say, appalled. Yeah. It was a strange zoo because it was... Um, 
one of the worst, but also, but but one of the highest paying apparently for the keepers. Great. Was a weird, you know, it's a weird. I worked for the Zoological Society, which was a nonprofit that was trying to make it a better zoo. Good luck. <laughs> so there were uh, there was all this sort of in kind of infighting between the Zoological Society and the zoo, or that's how it felt. I was the public affairs assistant. So um, uh, there was there was definitely animosity between the, the you know the civil service zookeeper people and the save the world zoological society fundraising arm. But the fun you know we did we did a good job raising money. You know it, it I have I, I haven't been back to that zoo in twenty five years. Yeah, I haven't been. That's probably about the same amount of time. And I've never been, been to the Oakland Zoo. I've never been to the Oakland Zoo either so, because I yeah. have that relationship where mm-hmm. I keep thinking and I don't have kids. So there's no immediate other reason I can use. Right. And so I just sort of, except for yeah. the, except for the desert museum, because somehow sure. we can say like, listen, first of all, these are all uh, animals that only live in these areas. Anyway, right. we, you know, right. this is that there's, we're not pulling in a panda bear. Exactly. There's nothing. These animals will all exist in this environment anyway. Um, but it is, that is kind of a tricky, uh, subject still you yeah, know i don't even to... think of that as a zoo you know because it's Thank not you. they're not little prison cells which we had the little bars yeah they were these like bars yeah it was a prison cell well that old we still i live by those. the old yeah well i was gonna say yeah. I, I live by the old griffith park zoo um which right. is they've sort of left to wander around through which is very fun and interesting yeah. uh, but but also very depressing because there really are these sort of like four by four barred cages where you yeah. just think yeah i can't imagine what you had in here but i'm afraid it might have been like a panther you know something that really yeah, had yeah, no room yeah. to move exactly and it's pretty grim yeah if the zoo was the people who worked so in the zoo some of them or somebody should do or somebody should have done it's probably too late to do another workplace comedy but the zoo was oh really, yeah i mean there was oh god the I'm guy sure. there was this guy who worked in the kitchen who did all the rest had all the recipes for all the you know he f- he's the chef and then and he was he, he was this good looking guy and he was dating the elephant keeper who was this beautiful Italian woman oh, but she always amazing. smelled like shit like elephant because <laughs> there's so much shit they act, and you get amazing. paid a shit differential you get paid more do if you really keep, yes you, you it's pay. like being a garbage man or being a sewage room exactly you're something. paid there's a there was a uh, on the city pay scale there was a shit differential if you I, I, wish I don't know that, the, what that the, was the actual words <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what they call so a mother's yeah. looking at her now honey what is a shit differential that's must be what does s-h-i-t stand for it must be an acronym for something (laughs) civil sort of related and i don't i would love to know like how many pounds of shit did there have to be per day for you to qualify like did the hippo person qualify qualify for the shit differential and were they pissed off because like hey i smell just as bad that's right the elephant you know who stinks flamingos but probably less shit yeah not fair yeah it's like it should be based it should be some kind of algorithm for smell versus volume and they're not counting smell so there's probably a lot of um hostility this is the kind of advocate that the zoos still need and i don't know why you don't step right in (laughs) let me get this out of the way too because i've thought this about four times in our conversation thus far which is uh i can't imagine that a common sort of mary roach trope in your experience with people it has to be that people are like, this sounds like the topic for your next book. Does that happen all uh-huh. the time? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. I'm, is that that I also will guess based on no knowledge, yeah. just like what I think might be true, that that would be a common thing that would happen for you with those kind of do you get a lot of tweets that are like, I got I got your next book. 
Mary, I got your next book. I, I, well, well, I I bring it on because I yeah. love to, I love to hear what people suggest. Mostly people suggest um, things like you should say that sleep or pot or alcohol with none of which I want to do because it's all they're all pot. internal states. Yeah. Like you're going to describe being stoned or like yeah. your, or your dream. You know how you know how when somebody tells you your dream and you're like, please stop, stop mm, now, stop now. It's so bo- it's so insanely boring. Even though I know it's interesting for you. Well, that's a really interesting like the difference between I don't know you, how to I don't know how to construct the sentence, but yeah. the the idea of the separation that happens between your experience and understanding of how crazy and meaningful and strange your dreams are to you, the divide between having that personal understanding and when someone else is trying to communicate the same thing back. Yeah. Yeah. It's like two different things. It's like, no, no, no. It's, My I dreams know. are meaningful. I know. I cannot listen to yours. You know what I mean? I know. It's really, even though you it know that, even though you know yeah, that, you, you go ahead and tell people. Long. It's oh, as if you've never had a dream ever when someone is trying to tell you their dream. It's just, there's the shutdown right. is so immediate. Right. Or, there's something kind of creepy weird and, and and like you're telling the person like I recently emailed my editor a lovely woman who have we've become friends over the years and I you know I'm, I don't know her that well apparently not well enough to have told her what <laughs> I told her so, Jill last night I dreamed I was at the offices of Norton and you were in this bathtub and it was a bu- it was a bubble bath and I got in with you I was fully clothed and we were laughing in the bathtub this together but I was fully clothed, yeah. so I thought it'd be okay to tell her uh-huh. that because it didn't seem creepy sexual to me since I was clothed. I had, I had sure. that, you know, that That's made it okay. That's a very specific qualifier, yeah. No response to that. Amazing. <laughs> I would also, and feel I have, assumed that there are, like, I, w- I don't know that I would consider oversharing except until it's clear that it was. <laughs> right, <laughs> Sort right, of like, exactly. oh, here's this playful thing, we're going to share together. Like, oh, we're not? Oh, we're not. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Can I take it back? Can I can I retract? That didn't happen. Yeah. That didn't happen. Anyway, yeah. so that's just a joke I've been working on. Um, <laughs> did you... I guess you didn't. Yeah. What yeah. were you, as a teenager, um, what were you really passionate about, if you were? It's okay if you were also a teenager. I, was like, I don't know was what this is all about. not passionate about anything as a teenager Mm -hmm. this is what i did okay this is as a teen i was i was i had the dullest most non-turbulent teen year i watched tv tv Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i I went to i went to school and i came yeah straight a's all the way pressure on yourself or was it an easy enough school that it was kind of a good school it was a good school uh it was well hanover high school it's a college town so the public school's good Mm -hmm. so um, I didn't take the really hard science classes. I took the, you know, the regular science classes. I took the hard English classes. I got straight A's, got into a good college and then like realized, oh, social life. This is something you can do. Uh-huh. Guys, fun. So Not then so I college. got straight C's, but I went uh-huh. straight. So, but I, but. In, so no but, drinking, no kind of no, like in, in high drinking, school. But I wasn't, I, I, um, I had a, I had a few friends, you know, and we would just go and like sit in the S&P parking lot with a six pack and drink. I mean, we weren't going. And then my senior year, I discovered Dartmouth College. So frat parties. Oh, okay. yeah. So, but, yeah. but within my high school, I was not popular. I didn't go. To, I wasn't invited to parties. I didn't go to parties. I went, I had. Were you like real quiet or? Yeah, yeah. I was I, I, kind of a nerd. I did my homework. I got good grades. I come home and I do my homework after I have a cupcake because I was skinny and my mom was always trying to get me to gain weight. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'd have a cupcake and milk and I'd do my math. <laughs> That's an amazing 
Jesus. I'd sit at the kitchen table, and cupcake, take my milk. cupcake vitamin. Yeah, my, my cupcake with the sprinkles, chocolate right, with right. vanilla frozen sprinkles. That sounds great. So, uh, hand, would she was making them out of a box, or did she always she, whip no, up? Would Dun- she make Duncan a batch Hines. at the beginning of the week? Duncan okay. Hines, yeah, she make a batch. I do miss a good yeah. Duncan, Duncan Hines. Hines. I've enjoyed making because their ch- German chocolate cake. It's moistfully good. It is moistfully, moistfully good. good. Don't you for a second think that box cake is going to be dry? No, because it says right on it. Moistfully good. <laughs> Moistfully. That and when is... have you used that adjective? Or that... no, adverb. It's an adverb, isn't it? Moistfully. Adverb. I Moistfully. ran. I ran moistfully. No. Is that's it... a that's a non-word that can immediately lose all non-meaning. It's a, if you it's say between it three times an adverb <laughs> and an adjective. You know what? My next book, I want to use the word <laughs> moistfully. I had to. I used to host this thing called Dinner and a Movie, and we would oh, have yeah, to give we, yeah, yeah, we yeah. would have to give some ad copy. And the whole idea of it was it was just a sort of we could be snarky about it. Yeah. Um, there was a sort of like wink, wink. We all know that this is why we're able to be on yeah. the air. It was sort of like the Ovaltine of the old days, yes. right? And With I the remember guy smoking their cigarettes. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Little orphan Annie loves Ovaltine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we ha- and I remember to this day having to say about. Uh, Oreo cookies that they inspire moments of connectedness. <laughs> and that just seemed because like such a stretch. Is it having to do with taking them apart? I and maybe guess that like everyone that you can bond with someone that about, maybe do you eat it whole you know, or do you open it up? And you yeah, have a conversation and you connect yeah. if you're both As people if, who like, open it up Reagan and, and Gorbachev were yeah. eating Oreos together, yeah. trading like unscrewing and then doing like yeah. a you eat out of my hand and I'll eat out of yours. <laughs> and then there was another one that very much was moistfully related, which was I think I had to say that something was like ooey gooey good. As Ooh, if that was yeah, ooey, a gooey, term good. that people used on a regular basis. That's awfully close to those ducks. It's really tough. Huey, Dewey, Louie. <laughs> That's too. Really, it's really close. <laughs> what, Which one it? are you? Ooey or gooey? Ooey. What is it? Ooey, gooey, ooey, good? Ooey, gooey, good. One time when I worked at the zoo, I wrote a press release about something at the children's, do, children's zoo. And I, and I was describing... Katie Dids and I said itty bitty Katie Dids. I thought that was really clever. Itty bitty with Katie Did. Sure. Itty bitty Katie Did. Sure. And the zoo director, the zoological society director who had to review everything just wrote in the margin Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> she wrote Ugh. Now see if that had been you, you would have said Ugh. That said, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I felt very yeah. cute. Yes, she had quite a review. Yes, she oh could have been a. She my. would have done well as a book reviewer. Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. I thought I couldn't. I didn't know if you were going to say that or just no with a period. That's my 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 editor, which I prefer. She'll just, if yeah. if I write something, one of my books that's tasteless. Uh-huh. But I write so many things that if it's just if it's a, if it crosses a line, someone should just cross it out and say. Yeah. No. That's what you get back for the bath thing. Yeah. Just, yeah. A, just a, no. a cross out. Mary, no. No. Never again. No. no. Yeah. But Ugg, I felt, was a little over the, Ugg over is, the top. Ugg is rough. Ugg is rough. <laughs> that would have stopped me from writing for like two years. Yeah, <laughs> I should have been like, I, I can't really do this. Because like, it wasn't just something you dashed off. It was just like itty bitty. Kind of, you know, it's got the same rhythm as Katie. Sure, like that's ooey, gooey. Uh, lyrics. It's very lyrical. Like yes, Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jerry Lee Lewis would have loved itty bitty <laughs> Katie Dids. I'm surprised there wasn't a song about them. Very yeah, surprised. I see it should have been a sequel to the book of Penguins. There you go. Go. 
Yeah. Oh, the penguins. Yeah. Who I thought maybe for a second lived in the polar caves. They <laughs> absolutely do not. It sounds like a book of the Old Testament. The book, <laughs> the book of penguins. We've gotten some of our most important lessons from the book, book of penguins. Of pe- <laughs> some of our most. That's certainly how I learned what a paisley like to send shape was. Listeners now. That's right. To Book of Penguins. Amen. Eleven sixteen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so no, so no boys in high school really at all until senior no, year frat parties. That's right. Yeah, I had. A, I Did you had, have crushes on people? Did you sort of like uh, look at people from afar, yeah. or were you more excited, or were you excited about the people on television that you were going to go home and watch? After yes, I, was, I had crushes on people on television. Yeah, not so much people uh, in, not so much in my high school. I'm sure they were. Was it a town where you kind of had grown up with everybody, and so by high school well, you were like, I, Ugh, was, I know all these people. Mm, I grew up in Etna, which is a little kind of hickey town outside because my parents couldn't afford to live in Hanover because it's it's very expensive. It's a college town, so yeah. we so, so you were I I was a I was a ta- yeah I was a townie, but I was also um, as an Etna kid. I hung out with my neighbors like the Balches, Harvey Balch ran a gas station. The, they had campers. They had they hunted. They've they you know cut the heads off chickens and we watched them run around. I mean, it was mm-hmm. that kind of like yeah. a rural. I want to use a word that I mean it was a rural existence uh-huh. but I but so here's my dad who's a you know Dartmouth professor though not full professor right what was uh, he teaching did you mention that uh speech oh speech okay speech yeah uh he, so uh so but so I had this kind of weird dual existence where I hung out I you know I spent all my time all summer at the Balch's house yeah. running around barefoot you know doing driving they had snowmobiles and an old jeep and oh, fireworks yeah. firecrackers so anything M-80s, that you would blow your hand guns. off as yeah. a child or exactly. get trapped under or Putting you had fire access cr- to all of that firecrackers inside down frogs throats horrible oh, stuff boy. i mean the, so that's what i spent all my those were my friends and i had a crush on jeff balch mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and pat stone down the road the stones trailer scary never saw the parents white german shepherd that would run up and bite you sure. slow gin a lot of, porno, a lot of danger porno oh, yeah. films yeah. like like yeah. old crappy black and white who yeah. knows where they got them so that was um, that was really kind of more formative than in high school i just I, mean, I watched a lot of TV. I did my homework, just yeah. passing my time. And then, of course, there was the Dartmouth frat party scene, which was fun. But which is a totally different. Did you? Uh, I want to ask about these Dartmouth Dartmouth boys in a second. But did your parents have a sense of what you were being exposed to? Like, would they? Did they think they were bringing you up in a more sheltered existence than you, in fact, were because of all of the kind of auxiliary stuff that was? My parents, I think, had a had a hint of my parents. Well, my dad was sixty five when I was born. My mom was forty five. They were kind of i had the sense that they're just sort of like good let them good she's over at the ball someone, someone again. someone's gonna raise her i'm tired that white shepherd's gonna raise her did you <laughs> yeah. wh- how what's the age difference so, between you and your brother uh six years okay yeah so even at that point yeah. when they had if she was 39 that's still really yeah, late right. to have a kid right so was that something that they thought they didn't want and then just got around to doing no, they got married it? late okay yeah my dad didn't get married till his fifties, and my mom. Yeah, my mom almost became a nun. She was a. Oh really? Yeah, she was. She she was very Catholic. Uh, not terribly gaudy. You yeah, know, she didn't talk about God, but she she followed all the rules. You know, she was raised Catholic. You know, mm-hmm. there was someone in uh, her was an aunt maybe. I don't think it was. Her, it was yeah. It was her her aunt who had her uh, on her bed the frame to the her bedroom door had her own communion 
uh, water. Oh my! Baptismal? No, yeah. what's the baptismal yeah, yeah. fount? That water, yeah, holy exactly. water. Yeah, she had her own holy water. She had her own supply. The priest was giving her own supply. She had a little container by the door. Like what you had to. And I <laughs> never understood. You had to cross yourself when you went into her room. I've never yeah. met her. Yeah, but this is the story. She had her own sure. holy water. That's how holy. That's pretty holy. Yeah. So my mom's side of the family very big on Catholicism. And so you, but you weren't raised. Strictly Catholic. No, I was you raised. Were, I were. was. And my dad, what's funny is that my dad was born in England as a Catholic, but because Catholics were lower class and they weren't oh, even allowed yeah, to go to school after sure. eighth grade in his Gosh, town, he, when he got to this country, he remade himself. He said he was Church of England Protestant because mm-hmm. it's upper class. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't get married in the Catholic Church and it really upset my mom. And all this, all the while he'd been baptized Catholic and he never told her. I found out after I went over to England and found he had brothers and sisters still alive. Wow, that's kind of a big secret to keep, huh? Yeah, yeah, from her especially. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess and I, like an idiot, that. I came back, I was like, guess what? Pop was Catholic the whole time. This is my secret to tell now. <laughs> that's a big deal. Yeah. No, did what? that did, did that create a huge, that's, I guess, their story to tell, maybe if you don't feel comfortable talking about it, but that's a big, that just seems like it would be a tough, it you, sort of under, you could trace the justification perfectly, but to at least feel like, that still feels like, a choice of importance like oh so you still prioritized your your the, the experience you had in, in in a social class over your marriage yeah right right yeah i don't you know they they i never heard them fight so i don't i don't have i don't really understand their relationship i don't yeah. know i mean it seems to me like that must have been a big deal but when i said that to my mom she was just very quiet hmm. she didn't she didn't um really she just react. turned to your dad said you're going to hell. No, he is dead. He was dead by then. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah there, there you go. So, oh, so she, yeah, she didn't even, she, she processed did, she, it all alone. Yeah, right, yeah. right. So, oh yeah, anyway. Did you, and so did you have a belief of your own or did you sort of go through the motions? No, I was, like, I was kind, kind of bratty kind of thought, I don't kid think this is, is like, thing. you know, the whole thing with the horns of Jericho and then the walls fell. Obviously, an earthquake happened when these dudes were playing an instrument. That's you did? so. You really? Yeah, so that's so came up dumb. with the scientific yeah, justification. It's just like you know, it's coincidence. Come on, it was yeah. just seemed it, the Bible to me. My mom would read the Bible to me, and you know, the, in fact, I have her her Bible somewhere. Here. Oh wow. Her old Bible. I but, love the uh, idea that it's the, buried within, by the way, some of these other things I'm the seeing. Atlas like, it's right there next to infinite sexu- jest. <laughs> it's right next to human sexual response. Oh, it sure is. Is it right there? Wait, is it? No, I see human anatomy. I see sexual response. I see um, sexual behavior. Where's the old, where's my mom's old Bible? It's somewhere here. It's in good, it's in really good company. It's somewhere. It's in, it could be near all the wonderful Carl Sagan books. There's just a lot of places it could get tucked in that would Sex be perfect. Sex machines. Wonderful. Those are, yeah, those are from Bonk. Yeah, because they're of my books, there's this very yeah. odd coll- assortment of Oh, it's great. Titles. Oh, my God. My Well, listen, I, there's no way it's not here somewhere unless you have a Bible thief in the house. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I cannot believe how much time has passed. I could talk to you all day <laughs> long. But here's this thing that I do that I forgot to tell you I do, which is when I was uh, little, we would play a game called MASH, which is mansion, apartment, shack, and house. That's sort of the built-in part of the game where by process of elimination, a sort of an eeny, meeny, miny, mo, if you will, an itty, bitty, katie did, if you will, uh, <laughs> you will end up in your fictitious MASH future with one from each of these categories I'm going to ask you. Uh, and uh, and the categories I'm going to try to stay true a little bit to the MASH world, which in my day was like 
three cars that you would drive uh-huh. or three boys that you would marry yeah, or right. uh, but I tr- but I also tried to customize most of them to reflect things that I think would be fun categories for you based on our conversation so um, I'm going to start I'm going to start with uh three events through any time and space that it would be fascinating for you to be able to sort of witness you sort of time travel in a safety bubble uh but can have answers directly given to you via actual visual confirmation of something or just a moment that you're like yeah it would be really i guess i'm sort of interested in seeing my own birth you know whatever solipsistic Uh or huge historical uh significance you want three Okay. Um, and by the way, this is all like spur of the moment yeah, right. improv. So please expect if you give this a second thought afterwards to like tomorrow go, oh, uh, I really wish I would have said yeah, da, da, da. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, um, I somehow was uh, when the moon landing happened, I was around, but I must have been at the Balches. I didn't see it. I completely mm. missed the moon landing, which kills me. Yeah. Like, what? Was I what? Yeah. So, um, so that comes to mind right Jeff, away. Jeff Balsh had a stronger gravitational pull on you than the moon landing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, moon okay. landing is a great moon one. Moon landing. Okay, um, I would have loved to. Um, there was this moment when the guy who invented the microscope, Anthony Van Leeuwenhoek, like took a a um, drop of pond water and put it under. The microscope and and there's these little cr- creatures. Sure. I mean, he basically found aliens on Earth, like yeah. just like and he he called them animalcules. And I got a combination of an animal and a molecule. Yeah. I guess I don't know animalcules, but that's pretty cool. Absolutely, to have looked through that because he invented the microscope. So he's like, holy shit, there's a whole other universe. Yeah, what did I just do? Whoa. What did I just do? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that would be pretty Amazing. pretty cool. Um, and there's this moment. Um, that's written about that I read about in Stiff. Where it was, it, it's this chapter that has to do with the guillotine, which was supposed to be a quicker way, okay, the humane the, way, the humane way. But then these there these these executioners were like, dude, when we cut the heads off, I I'm telling you, they know what's going on for a few seconds. And somebody there was this guy who did uh, who, who had this experiment where as the head came off somebody was supposed to call the head's name and and then the ex the person they, i guess it was the executioner was supposed to watch to see if they open their eyes and so it was this wow. experiment where the person i forget the guy's name it's in stiff somewhere so he calls out the name and supposedly the person the head like <laughs> looks, up, looks up yeah the anyway. brain goes no but that's still me i think that's still me yeah. yeah yeah what do you want oh this is oh, weird oh oops, how now creepy I'm and great okay i'm gonna put what should i put guillotine i guess Amazing. I just for fact checking purposes. Yeah, I, exactly I right. Like to be there. Yeah, yeah. This is the kind of this is exactly what this game is for. Um, okay, next one will be let's do uh, vacation homes. This is a place that you can get to uh, very easily, so you don't have to calculate. Kind of oh boy, if it was in New Zealand, I'd have to you know uh-huh, take yeah. that flight. Right. This is a sort of. Um, instant transportation and it can also be uh fictional places it could be tokyo japan it could be the moon it could be uh the moon of endor uh from star wars right 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 from lord of the rings three ah and this is where your mansion apartment shack or house oh okay palmer peninsula in antarctica um i used to report in antarctica sometimes for national science foundation 
It's this unbelievably beautiful place. Yeah. Palmer Peninsula. I'm, I have so, some t- stuff to tell you about that offline. Uh, uh, Palmer so, Peninsula. Wonderful. So, um, Palmer Peninsula in Antarctica. Um, um, gosh, let's see. Definitely a, a foreign planet. Which one? Well, one of those exoplanets. Because mm-hmm. I don't really want to be stuck indoors mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. But actually, mm, but that would, yeah, for, for a house. I definitely want to visit. I'd like to pop by the moon. Right. Um, definitely don't want a uh, house there. Yeah. You're stuck indoors. Exactly right. So one of those okay. exoplanets. Great. Uh, and let's see. Let's see. Um, and then a third vacation house. Um, I've never been there, but I uh, Zanzibar. Great. I mean, listen, for the name alone. For the name alone. It trips off the lips. Zanzibar. I love that I wore, by the way, I'm just going to uh, show everyone the squeakiest shoes in the world. <laughs> Every move I've made for these galoshes. Um, it's not even raining today. I got to tell you, living in LA, all my favorite clothes <laughs> never get trotted out ever. So if there's a slight chance, even if it's just I'm wearing these because it's foggy and no one will look askance there at me. There are small moisture drop um, dropules. There you go. Yeah. Those dropules. I want to make sure as I'm stepping on all these animalcules <laughs> yeah. that uh, I'm not, not getting anything yes. on me, that they're water resistant. Um, okay. Wonderful. Zanzibar. Okay. Next uh, next one is, um, this, is a, this is sort of a perennial favorite of mine. I'm going to adapt it slightly, but uh, mine is... And you can do this if you want, or we can grow it out a little bit, is uh, three foods that in this uh, alternate universe are not only not bad for you, but in fact are like the cupcake vitamins that your mom mm-hmm. used to give you. Yeah. They're just, there's just no physical negative ramifications and you can have them at the snap of a finger um, and it can be as specific as, you know, that one type of Duncan Hines cupcake or it could just be, you know, a submarine sandwich. Uh, but I also sometimes grow it out to... Listen, if somebody could shoot heroin all day long and have uh, euphoria and have it not be bad for you, then like in this world, why not? Um, So I'll let you decide whether it's food specific or whether it's sort of substance specific. All right. Um, um, Dunkin' Donuts Bavarian Cream Donut. Thing of my childhood. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. Um, Gin. Good gin. There you go good martini that's how the game is played yeah absolutely really good martini with a twist mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um uh let's see i don't think oyster i don't think raw oysters is bad for you so that one doesn't yeah i guess yeah. i don't I, either you can eat a lot of them and there's no down there's really you know no. It's just, there's no downside no to no oysters. one's gonna be like have you seen her okay. lately because she's been eating a lot yeah. of oysters <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> no one says it's, that it's sad what's yeah. happened to her. <laughs> yeah. um let's see um just an amazing food that you feel like you can't take too much of. Mm-hmm, um, um, mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, well, um, mm, there's just there's just so many, but I want one that kind of stands. That's mm-hmm. one that's just. No, I don't blame you. This is a this is the final one of the list. It feels uh, very oh, important. God, yeah. Um, I'm just so hyper aware of so many things that are. Like, oh, this has too much salt in it, so I'll be dehydrated the next day if oh, I eat too well, much of it. If, yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a salty, crunchy yeah. gal, so um, I do love um, 
but not you know I don't tend to overdo it. Uh, the, the the baked Cheeto is an amazing oh is an amazing thing. Sure, yeah, sure. I interviewed a guy who um, has he worked for the company that made the the, the, the coating. Uh huh. He, he said he's eat, he's eating Cheetos without the, all of the flavors. Oh yeah, for, in gulp. I, was I can't talking about. imagine um, what that, that it's a, it, it, all the fla- yeah. It's just sort of like a um, corn puff. Yeah, or rice puff. Now that said, I do enjoy just plain old corn puffs. Yeah, I enjoy yeah, yeah. corn in all its forms. Yeah, there was corn, a while yeah, where yeah. I was like, I don't like corn because it. There's so many problems with it. Lately, corn, I've been know. getting right back into there's, the there's, organic yeah, corn those, puff cereal and those, popcorn and yeah, corn cakes. A, those are my favorite chips. Corn chips. Corn chips. Yeah. Chips and salsa. Dorito, yeah, d- nobody. Not Doritos, but the the the, the good kind. Yeah. yeah, just like a nice. Yeah, yeah I'm just gonna go. Yeah. Well, this one I'm gonna put. Salty, crunchy snacks. Salty, crunchy snacks. Then you can... Pringles, uh, even. I know. Too salty, but still... Very salty. The first three or four, man. Yeah. Pretty good, yeah. Salty, the way they... Crunchy. They did figure out the texture mouthfeel. on that. Yeah, mouthfeel. feel very important. Mouthfeel, yep. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, this is great. All right. Let me get into <coughs> the... Um, uh, let me get to the uh, the partner, the alternate universe partner, or sexy good times that are brief, or... Um, asexual <laughs> companion but the sort of deep love you could imagine having for this other person uh, which I think that borderlines on creepy since I'm going to ask it to be somebody that you probably don't know and, and have never met and will never meet uh, but it could be again characters from comic books could be uh, yeah. could be real people any time and place could okay. be uh-huh. blank era Clint Eastwood for right. example uh, three right okay um, Tintin great Okay, um, Jeff Goldblum. Great, just about anywhere, any movie, because he's always sort of Jeff Goldblum. Indeed. Oh, absolutely. And so yeah. unapologetically, uh, I would yeah. say, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now he did Sketchfest last year. Oh, did he? He might come back this year. Uh, tell yeah, you what's yeah. going to happen. Free tickets okay. for you. Okay, thank you. Hoo-hoo. <laughs> uh, wonderful. Okay, Tintin, Jeff Goldblum. I can't. I probably can't make any of the same promises about Tintin. Uh, and number three. Um. Adam Driver. Great. Great, 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 great. Yeah, talk about someone who just cuts through the noise out of nowhere. Like, oh, hello. Hello. Yeah. You're extraordinary. I know. Yeah, I know. wonderful. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Okay, uh, let's do next category is, um, I'm going to go, this is this, this is a kind of platonic version of what we just talked about, which is any person, any character, I don't care if it's Miss Piggy or mm-hmm, Barack mm-hmm. Obama, but just someone that um, you have the relationship with where you have a great deal of admiration for them or they're very fun and playful and you can, the second you call them, they're delighted to get your call and you could ask them for advice on stuff or we, just This is a be person silly. that I can call? Or, or yeah, but this like is to... like, yeah, this is like, it could oh, be, it could be anyone. Yeah, uh, some, uh, you're uh, sort uh. of, you're sort of uh, a, a, a best buddy um, from any time and place, fiction or, or uh, real. Ah, 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 okay. Let's see. Um, um, did you ever read The Frog Hospital by Laurie Moore? The main, no. uh, the main, the main character in that, or the kid in Liar in Liars Club? Oh yeah, those in, are both great. Do you yeah. want to put both of them yeah. now? No, do the Liars Club because most okay. people probably don't know the the Frog Hospital one. Um, and let's see, um, somebody could just yeah, it's a, a character probably right? Can yeah, be right. yeah. Yeah. Or you could say Eleanor Roosevelt. I mean, it's totally up to you. Right, right. Um, let's see. 
this is tough. There's like the whole world of characters I and know. people. That's what I'm saying. Like when I when I open up yeah. these categories to someone who has a good imagination, it's really uh, Sophie's Choice situation. Oh gosh, let's see. <laughs> or just an a, a, abundance of like. Well, now I can't think of anything because I know there are the, three hundred. There's th- exactly exactly. Yeah. Um, Now I'm sort of looking at your books, scanning through your books, uh, thinking, I mean, you probably don't want Alfred E. Newman. Let's see. Let me see. Let me see. It's just, it's so hard when you have, to, it, like if it was which member of the Adams family would I you know. choose? Um, but let's see. Uh, 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 well, which member of the Adams family would you choose? <laughs> Uncle Fester. I'm putting him on here. <laughs> Uncle Fester. You know how sometimes you need a light bulb, but you don't have a thing to screw it into? Um, okay, now you have the kid from the Liars Club and Uncle Fester. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's got to Wait, wait, wait. There's got to be somebody more respectable. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, Jimmy Carter. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you feel like you need to pull Uncle Fester out because it was under high pressure, I understand. <laughs> but you need to have someone ready to sub in. Um, okay, I'll let you, uh, part of your brain percolate on that while I move to the next category, which will be, let's do uh, tomorrow you wake up and sort of the Matrix style, you've downloaded three skills uh, that you don't need to particularly practice that it's almost like you get the 10,000 hours uh in your uh-huh. sleep one night and um and you wake up and you either know kung fu or you can you know speak all languages uh-huh. right, like right, that. right 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 <clears throat> three three amazing skills um uh i'd like to be one of those um people like those bartenders who can carry on a witty conversation whilst making a complicated yeah. drink that requires shaking and yeah. pouring and, and a small garnish. Great. Great. Um, I'd like to be able to whittle small animals from wood. Wonderful. Um, and I, I don't know what, you know, whittling shouldn't be too far out of my grasp. I should work on it. I should do yeah, it. You could really get into that. You could do that. Does, has she not been writing lately? Uh, don't get me started. <laughs> she has a menagerie of tiny wood figures. living room is given over to small, That's right. whittled, and not very well whittled. No, they're very they rough. They're crude. They're cr- it's very they're difficult. They're crudely rendered. <laughs> yes. Um, I'd like to be able to um, do something with my own freaking hair. All right. All be right. able to do what people who own salons can do i could have put hairstylist i put hair doist i could be able to just do my just not require someone else to do it before yeah. i have to do a tv thing did you have you always felt that way about your hair was there ever a time when you were like i think i got this down no i've never had it down yeah no and i never will no my mom uh i think kind of always felt that way and hair and one make, day i went to visit too. her yeah one yeah. day i went to visit her and she just cut it all off she was like, I don't know why I didn't I do did this sooner. Once. Yeah, I did that. This once. is great. I live in Tucson. It's hot. Why yeah. did I have all this hair? Yeah. I mean, I don't Buzz want to say cut. she shaved it, although I would have been really impressed if she had. Uh, okay. <laughs> hair doist. That's on there. Um, okay. Next category will be for you. Let's do uh, maybe. I'll, oh. Maybe you'll like. Oh, yeah. Hang on. Wait. Yeah. Bagpipes. Scratch hair. Oh, bagpipes. hell yes. Sorry. Scratch hair. Hell yeah. Bagpipes. 
bag, surely bagpipes requires a similar circular breathing as like a trumpet doing situation, your hair? doesn't it? Oh. As doing your hair. <laughs> That's your problem. You don't have c- yeah, circular I, breathing. Damn it. A lot of us are just born with that skill. Uh, bagpipes. Couldn't support that more. I'm coming right on over to listen to you play the bagpipes. Um, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. So... So this is sort of a, um, <clears throat> it's a kind of a, an emotionally textural question, which is uh, three, it can just be a style of music or it can even be a composer or a contemporary musician that uh, heretofore you just enjoy their regular music. But this is like Mary Roach's soundtrack. Like you're driving into the city for an interview and this is music that organically springs from in the style of this musician because it is this musician that sort of just takes you along in your day. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So three. Three songs? Or just like, yeah, or just it could be like, you know what, I want my life soundtrack to be Neil Young or I Mm, want, you know, sometimes you want a little Ennio Morricone to make you feel like what you're doing is very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Um, Ennio Morricone is a good one. Let's do good, it. the bad, and the ugly. Let's do the it. The theme, the 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 theme music to that is yep. pretty great. Fantastic. Um, there, there's a specific song. I don't really know that. I don't remember that much of their their work. But there's this great song, "Fisherman's Blues" by the Water Boys. Oh God, I love the Water Boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hole of the Moon was their other big. It was the same, I think. Yeah. Time frame, but um, that just is, great that's, Irish. That's just a great, uh, yeah, like driving. I don't know, just like it progresses, and it's mm-hmm. a good, it's a great driving song. That's great. Fisherman's Blues. Done. Fisherman's Blues by the Water Boys. Whatever happened to the Water Boys? I don't know. I mean, they uh, it's it's they're the kind of band where you could imagine that they are just still doing lo- local gigs in Ireland or something. Yeah, you know exactly. Yeah, or they all drank um, themselves to death. They drank. Them- they had the Sorry. fisherman's blues real yeah. bad. Yeah, they were lost at sea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Enio, yeah. Okay. fisherman's blues, great. Um, it, it, I like for driving, just like soundtracky. Yeah, because these are. And I'm I'm telling you songs that I mean, and because that is a sound, we should probably shouldn't use them because it already is a soundtrack. I think. Yeah, that, I guess I, it's I, like, but he would songs. compose something of that. Oh, oh, ilk oh, I see. That would be this new thing. Oh, 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 it, almost oh. like they're watching footage and they're sort of like, let me go ahead and provide this this music for this emotional oh, feeling. I see, have. I see. Um, so I'm, oh, I'm thinking, thinking of it as more, any more Coney esque. I see. Oh, okay, I think that like lyrics are kind of important. Then, like yeah. that, it's got to be somebody who's got kind of quirky, Mary Rochi sort of lyrics. Mm-hmm. So like maybe like um, Fountains of Wayne. Right. Great. Great. Because great. some of there's like there's one song survival car i know what this and I, there actually was a survival car it was somebody in the 60s it was like if you want to do a safe car mm-hmm. the survival car okay the seats are facing the passenger seats are facing backwards because oh it's safer yeah the steering wheel is actually down here so you don't so there there is a thing oh, called wow. a super, so i listen to them i'm like i know yeah i know what you're talking about i also and have I'm a natural of, curiosity about these things <laughs> yeah yeah so i i'm the only one of your listeners who knows <laughs> i get it yeah it's like the hot right, breath you're write, yeah you're gonna write him and say listen i i do let me give you some factoids yeah. i also can share did you ever listen to crash test dummies did they, did they have that one that goes like it's like there was a that was that, their famous yes, one yeah. i mean it's a yeah. it's an acquired taste because he's such a baritone but that is another example my dad yeah, uh, I love that loves song. that band because it's just a series of songs about like existential dilemmas and just ha- the absurdity yeah, of yeah, everything right, right. um that's i would say that they're not to push them on yeah, you because yeah, again yeah. acquired taste but uh if you ever get a chance to flip through some of their lyrics i think you would get a kick yeah. out of them too yeah, it's yeah, this yeah, sort yeah. of 
exactly. what's it all about with a with a with a little humorous twist. There's God. There was someone I was listening to recently that I was just thinking that about their lyrics. Who was it? It'll come to me. Ah, uh, it's a very specific. There's it's so overwhelming because there's so many. Uh, there's so many great possibilities. Yeah. Well, this is what what I have is Neo. I still have a fisherman bl- fisherman's blues esque. Right. It kind of brings right. us into that sort of tradish uh, Irish, which I always I I do like that. I, I have I guess I have enough Irish in my genes that, and certainly plenty of Scottish that I do feel like a weird yeah. thrill that's like feels ancient yeah. when they hear bagpipes. And I know for some people they just want to kill themselves when they hear bagpipes. So I understand no, that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, this is the final category. So now I feel the pressure's on me because I want to get it right. Let's do this. Let's do. <clears throat> you have this sort of extra room in your house that's almost like an alternate universe where you can slip in, so it can be as big or as small as you want because the footprint stays the same, but it's sort of Harry Potter tent esque or Snoopy Doghouse esque. Uh, this thing that looks small, you can go in. It can be whatever size you want. But so it's this other purpose room that you. Do, it could be a greenhouse. It could be a sewing room. It could be an ice cream parlor uh, that we kind of tack on to your house Mm. so so okay but it doesn't have to be an an actual activity that it's a room that it can be whatever you want it's sort of the it's sort of a room as you as you would want it used that can't for whatever reason doesn't fit in 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 this house right now okay it's a it's a room uh that it's a zero gravity room great this is what i'm talking about people all right that's the room i want except that you have to give me two more (laughs) Oh, 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 okay. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. Um, I know, that's going to be tough to beat. I always wanted one of those um, springboard Velcro. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I always wanted one of those, definitely. Springboard Velcro jacket. Basically, things. I want any any room that exists in a children's museum. Like, I also love the room <laughs> where you go in and you sort of jump and there's like a shadow of your shape that's take, it t- uh, yeah, so yeah, takes a right. picture on the wall. Right, yeah, yeah. Anything um, like that. A camera obscura would be fun. Oh, great, great, great. That'd be fun to have. Okay, then the last thing I need you to do, basically, I just do a little doodle, and um, that's what determines the number of kind of eeny, meeny, miny, moes. Uh, but you tell me when to stop. I'm going to start something right now, and you just tell me when to stop. Wait, say it again? I was, uh, see, I'm still thinking of the music. Oh, well, I'm not even listening you. to you. I look forward to your text in the middle of the <laughs> okay. night when you say, I don't know why I didn't say. Uh, this is just okay. me doing a little thing that's going to help me determine, like, what my kind of eeny, meeny, okay. miny, moe. Oh, I see. Miney, I write. Mo. Gotcha. Uh, so I'm making a little shape, uh, and you just tell me when to stop. Okay. Stop. Okay, perfect. I'm going to pause this. I can reassure you that to the listener, it will seem as if no time has passed. Uh, I'm going to do this quick thing, and then uh, I will give you your 100% guaranteed fictitious mash future. And that will be the end of the podcast. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. Uh, I'm going to uh, – I'm, I'm reporting back. I'm very excited about the outcome of, uh, of this random assortment. Um, first of all, I want to congratulate you on your – now, I think you'll enjoy this because, as you know, mansion, apartment, shack, and house are out of our control. Of all of those things, the likelihood that you would end up with an apartment – on the Palmer Peninsula in Antarctica, <laughs> as if there's 
a high rise exactly. with like a tennis court and a grocery store on the bottom. Neighbors. Somehow yeah. you have an apartment in the middle of nowhere. Somehow you may still be like hitting the the top of a broom handle to get the person above <laughs> exactly. you to shut up. The fucking penguins. You're never gonna get. Yeah, it's the oh the penguins moved in a couple years ago. Penguins. Listen, Sorry, the penguins, penguins have yes. not the penguins have not shut up. Uh, so Mr. and Mrs. Penguin are bravo, at it again. Bravo on the apartment in Antarctica. Uh, Listen, you know what's going to make you popular in that uh, busy apartment building in Antarctica is your ability to, at what I assume is the bar downstairs, uh, just mix drinks like a real pro and just keep chatting. All those lonely scientists and artists, they are going to feel like they really escaped into, you know, just a wonderful conversation with you as this godlike bartender is what I wrote down. Uh, So wonderful skill to wake up with. Um, you, if you, uh, grow tired of, uh, your vacation home, uh, and you don't feel like being here in uh, the Bay area, rest assured, you can make a quick visit, uh, whenever you want to really, to the startling moment when animacules (laughs) were discovered. Just peep right into that telescope, telescope, peep right into that telescope of, of earth, that earth telescope, that land telescope, uh, uh, so microscope, <laughs> microscope, shocking, amazing moment uh, where words get made up. And uh, and you also let's see, what did I? Oh, OK. So you also get um, in this in this room here in your in your Bay Area home. Uh, you have a room that is uh, a springboard with Velcro. Mm-hmm. That feels like it's some going to be like a good stress releaser um, until you realize that you've stuck yourself to the wall and it might be tough to get undone. Uh all of this activity is strenuous enough that you're going to want a lot of salty, crunchy snacks. I want to reassure you, your mouth will not dry out. You will be sleepy. There's no dehydration. There's just no negative impact to it. So bravo. Aces. Um, this is, okay, this is this is my worst. Oh, no, no, no. I know what this says. You're going to be hanging out a lot with Uncle Fester. <laughs> <laughs> what he's bringing to the table to be honest with you but he is very funny and goofy so uncle fester when you need a change from your buddy ship with uh uncle fester i want you to know you can crawl right into bed with mr jeff goldblum (laughs) so this is going to be awkward because now you have your connection with jeff goldblum which is you can meet him at Sketchfest and say now you probably don't realize this but i do end up with you in a fictitious (laughs) world so we do have a real connection here. And he'll go, was that a dream you had? Or yeah, that's really interesting. let me tell you all yeah. about this dream. Uh-huh. Um, and then lastly, uh, all of this is taking place to a stirring soundtrack, new and fresh, just for you, by Ennio Morricone, which is not the worst thing in the world. He's a musical genius, I don't mind saying. Um, so that is your 100% guaranteed MASH future. I love it. Many congratulations. Thank you. I'm digging uh, it. And, uh, and that's it for the, the podcast. Thank you so much, Mary, for welcoming into your beautiful home. Um, I appreciate it. I would love to uh, let people know that they can purchase uh, Grunt as well as about six other fantastic books uh, covering so much different stuff. I feel like I've referred to one or the other of your books for a bunch of stuff I've worked on. Like, oh, I'm working on this thing about psychics and I'm reading Spook and yeah. sort of Thank getting you. right back into this world and bonk. And so, uh, but Grunt is your most recent. Um, uh, would you want to tell everybody a, a tiny bit about what, kind of what it's about? And then um, we can refer them also to your website and to your uh, Twitter handle. 
Oh, yeah. Well, it's just a, a Mary Roche take on military science. Uh, not the killing part, more of the making things a little bit better. Yeah. Like putting back together, that kind of thing. But really, I think just- that's a, I think when I started, I was like, oh, yeah, this is I think this is something that needed to be written. Yeah. Quite you, but it's, it's the things people don't really think about when they think about war, like flies and extreme heat and sleep deprivation and birds hitting airplanes and just like the kind of stuff that falls through the cracks yeah because i'm kind of the bottom feeder of nonfiction. (laughs) i think i i put you more in the sort of freakonomics kind of holy shit world rather than the shit that you are looking at is holy so that's not bottom feeding that's like way up and that's like heaven shit right i mean that's what we're saying. Uh, thank you so much. I'm oh, such a fan. You. So this has thank been really so wonderful. Uh, and you are on Twitter, I think just at Mary. Mm, yeah, Mary underscore wrote Mary underscore. I forgot yeah. the underscore. Um, and uh, and her website. Very Googleable, guys. Very Googleable. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. And I'll talk to you guys next time on the podcast. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by The Amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.